Hello, everyone. Welcome to React Roundup, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things React related. This show is sponsored by Raygun and produced by Top End Devs and Envoy. Top End Devs is where we create Top End Devs who get top end pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Unvoid offers remote design and software development services on a task basis, so clients only pay when tasks are delivered and approved. In today's episode, we will talk about Jotai, which is a library that exposes primitive and flexible state management for React. My name is Lucas Paganini, your host in the podcast. Joining me in today's episode is Chris Fruen. Hello, everyone. Peter Osa. Hi, everyone. And our special guest, which is a core member of the Jotai team, Mohamed Bagher Abiyat. I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was close. That was, that was close. So hello, everyone. Happy to be here. I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity. It's my first time doing a podcast. So, so take it easy on me if, if something went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people that want to update their resume and find a better job. And I figure, well, why not just share my resume? So you, if you go to topendevs.com slash resume, enter your name and email address, then you'll get a copy of the resume that I use, that I've used through freelancing through most of my career as I've kind of refined it and tweaked it to get me the jobs that I want. Uh, like I said, topendevs.com slash resume will get you that. And uh, you can just kind of use the formatting. It comes in Word and Pages formats, and you can just fill it in from there. Uh, yeah, so, Mohammed, why don't you just start with a quick pitch of what is Jotai and the use cases for it, and then we can take it from there. So Jotai is an atomic uh, state management library, something similar to Recoil. I mean, Recoil was really on the top for a while and everyone knew it for a while. So the idea is similar, but like one of the reasons I guess we started this, or at least Daishi started it, is that we wanted to avoid having keys in our uh, state atoms. So that's kind of just was the start. But about Jotai, it's just a uh, state management library that is, that's pretty atomic and goes on uh, goes with the atomic state management state management way of doing things. Gotcha. Um, so, if you were to give some examples of use cases where Jotai really shines, what would come to your mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a while, uh, here's the thing. For a while, like the React community, when context was introduced, like everyone was saying that just migrate to context, just use context everywhere. Just, yeah, just keep yourself with context and move away from Redux. At that point, ev everyone was happy kind of until we faced the issues. Where What, what were the issues? Well, context is a like you always put it at the top level of your program and you just wrap your whole application around that. Uh, so when a state changes in your context, basically your whole application is going to be re-rendered. And what would you do at like some of the solutions where just use use memo or use use callback and stuff like that. So at that point, we also got back to state management libraries because 
we were like, yeah, state management libraries were right in some terms and for some use cases where we want to like specify the rendering for a specific component component and not the whole application. Like, Jotai really shines here because it, it got one of the most optimized rendering across like all the state management libraries. It's pretty atomic and it relies on user state and use external storage or some API React that I just forgot the name. And what it do is that it would re, it, it would re-render your component on a component level and not your whole application. So if you have a you if you have a component A, if you, if you have a component B and you just use the atom in component B and the state changes for that atom then only component B would be rendered and you won't need any provider like context. Yeah, we offer a provider like context and some other libraries, but by default, you won't need it. And for me as a, as a maintainer, even I've never used it like seriously, never used the provider. So first you don't need the provider to all of the renders and all of the state changes happen at a component level. So things are pretty optimized. And most of the times you would not use use memo and use callback at that point because everything is optimized by default. Gotcha. So correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is, so a lot of the optimizations that React developers usually do manually, such as use memo, use callback, don't need to be written because the library already takes care of that. And on top of that, it also makes sure that the that React re-renders less. So it only re-renders the specific component that requires that specific atom and not the entire three until it gets to that component. So it optimizes the rendering performance and it also reduces the boilerplate of the code base. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. We won't like. Uh, first of all, just give, to give you a disclaimer, I'm I'm a member, and my views don't represent the whole team and the whole implementation. Because to be honest, I got some so many things wrong in the library too. So I might be wrong, like all of the podcasts. So sorry for that. But around your use memo and use callback point, yes, like for me as someone who used the library. It helps me avoid writing use memo. I use callback most of the times because the state, if you do it properly, state changes won't happen like excessively. Everything happens on a component level. And if that component renders so many times, since it's a small component, since it's a, it's a small part of your application, it doesn't matter that much because it needs that state changes. So yeah, it it avoids that boilerplate and also optimizes most of the things that you won't need to optimize yourself with use memo, use callback, and all of this stuff that you did use you used to do at least with React context. Gotcha. Interesting, interesting. So uh Chris, Peter, I wonder if by hearing this description, if you guys remember of any previous experience, previous project where you think this could have been useful and what was your approach versus uh, what you could have done with Jotai? Okay. Yeah. So I'm 
Yeah, actually, you should try. Like, yeah, I think it's actually it's actually one of my um, go-to space management system. Yeah, I think after Redux also, Redux was just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I use Jota for like one thing I actually love about Jota is just it's kind of very simple, very very simple. Right, in the sense that the API is simple. Right, and I kind of prefer using it for maybe um micro front end systems, systems that require maybe, for example, you need to have like a form of shared state, right? You're having like maybe two applications, different applications, and then you want them to share one state, right? Doing maybe using other kind of big state management systems like Redux may be kind of quite difficult to, you know, they don't bring some complexity rather. So uh, since Jota is kind of simple, it's API and that I think it's very easy for you to just work with it and then kind of work with the idea of share state with it. Yeah, for the idea of use memo and um, yeah, like what Mohammed said, I don't know if I've actually like maybe used that for subdo, but I I just kind of use Jota for more of a simplicity, right? And I really like the idea of um of Jota, like as a state management library, right? So, although I have a lot of questions, like I use that and I, I actually try to understand the underlying principle of Jota, right? And one thing I know is that, yeah, Jota uses a work is similar to recoil, right? Now, um, usually when you want to kind of start your Jota app, right? Like you want to maybe install Jota and you want to kind of incorporate it into your application, right? What happens then now is that you have to, Passing a provider class, that provider class now, I wanted to ask um, Mohammed. So, is it something based on context? Because, for example, let's use Redux, for example. Now, when you Redux, you do all your Redux setup and so on and so forth, right? And then you're going to have to in, like import a provider which kind of passes those state data. And so, I wanted to ask, do you actually know what the provider? Um, Dependency on that Jota does like does he work does he use does he use um context or is it something abstracted or something different? Yeah, I think that's just like my first question. Yeah. So if I'm getting the question correct, you mean that does Jota use uh, context under the hood? Do you mean that? Yes, to pass the state data around the component. Yeah, 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 yeah. So exactly, yeah, it uses use context. And it does it in an elegant way. So it doesn't feel like React context because you you won't need it and like most of the times and it works out of like out of the box. But under the hood, yeah, for sharing the state, it needs to use use context, but in a different way. So it doesn't change the state the same way context does it. It has some abstraction on top of that, which avoids doing so many state changes and does it, do, it doesn't use context for the same way we used to do like it doesn't use it just for sharing the state it, it actually uses uses it for sharing the state but it doesn't use it that much for changing the state itself it uses it uses it for like if you up up that in it uses it for like changing the scope or changing the initial value of like some atoms if you wanted to do that but under the hood to answer your question yeah it use uh, use context so it can share the the state across the application 
Okay. Yeah. Second question. I get the first. I get the yeah, I think that's a very good answer too. So the second question I have is on on on, on Jota is, um, I think I read an article. I I, I don't know if it's in in Daishi's article on how, um, like I think, on, relating how kind of it maps the, the the kind of let me just say the state values right. No, I think Jota calls his states like atoms, right? So let's fundamentally atoms. So he kind of says that, like, he kind of the atoms are kind of attached to the component tree, of, like, in a way, like, for example, if you're kind of calling an atom your component, you want to use it, right? In a yeah, specific yeah. component, right? It was, he, I think the article explains that it's not like as if it's kind of retrieving it from a kind of a global, global state, right? It's kind of, getting like um it's kind of attaching that state to the component tree of that component that is to that to the just to the the tree right the react um the, the just just let me just do this so that localizing the state value rather when you maybe use like the atom in that component i don't know like i i wanted like a better explanation on that i don't know if you have an idea of how the atoms kind of like how the whole um data flow is right how it kind of effectively stores the state, that kind of, yeah, I think that's yeah, what yeah. I'm, I'm having to, I don't know if you have an idea of it, maybe it's something you can share to us and also the audience as well. Hey there, this is Charles Maxwood. I'm excited because I wanted to let you know about this thing that I pulled together that I had just, I've been dying to have this for years and I never felt like I could. And then I just realized that there's no reason why I can't. So um, I'm putting together a book club and we're going to read development focused books, career books, you know, uh, technical books, whatever. The first book that we're going to do is going to be Clean Architecture by Uncle Bob Martin. If you're not familiar with Clean Code or some of the other stuff that Bob has done, check that out. I've also talked to him on the Clean Coders podcast, which is on Top End Devs. But uh, yeah, we're going to get on. He's going to show up to some of our meetings. And what I'm thinking is we'll probably have like five or six people uh, part of the conversation along with Bob and I at the same time. And we'll just, uh, so somebody can come on, they can ask their question, and then we'll just ro rotate people through. So we'll we'll mute one person, unmute another person when it's their turn to come on and, and be part of the discussion. So we'll do that for like an hour, hour and a half. And then the other part of it that I'm putting together is just kind of a meet and greet gather area on Gather Town. And so after the the meetup and the call, what we'll do is we'll all go over to Gather Town and you can just log in, walk up to a group and have a conversation. And that way we can all kind of get to know each other and and make friends and, and get to know people across the world. Uh, one thing that I'm finding is that, yeah, the meetups are starting to come back, but a lot of people don't have the opportunity to go to a meetup. And I really want to meet you guys and talk to you. So we're going to put all that together. It'll all be part of that book club. You can go to topendevs.com slash book club to be part of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you there. The first book club meeting will be in December, the beginning of December. We're starting the first week of December. And um, you'll also be part of the conversation about which book we do next. I have one in mind, but I want to see where everybody's at. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a global state at the end, but the way, can you hear me guys? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a global state at the end. And the way I look at it is it's, it's just a smart way of doing use state, but it's, it's a use state that is global. Because at the end, Jotai, when you when you import the use atom, 
hook and you use that uh, and you use that hook and basically under the hood it uses your state for your state so that's why i said it just it just it, as you said it just attaches that atom to that component specifically because under the hood it uses use state or i don't know the implementation might have changed uh, now they might have used that like, user reducer which is just a uh, which is just uh, like a more complex and like more flexible way of doing user state, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah, so under the hood, it uses those hooks so it can attach that state and brings that state from a from an external external source and attaches it to the to your component using user reducer or user state. And the way it does it, like concurrent friendly, React concurrent concurrent friendly is by using the hook I just mentioned previously. And uh, the hook names, I just forgot it, but is as far as I remember, is it's used sync external storage or something like that, which which is a hook for having global states, like states that, that their source is outside of React, being synced with the React tree and React rendering. And that's what Jota uses. Yeah, all right. That, that's cool. Yeah. So I think that's all the questions for me. I really love Jota's technology. I actually encourage a lot of people to use it. Simplistic. So, so yeah, Chris, do you have any questions as you got Jota? Yeah, I was uh, I was looking on the the homepage for it here. So I'm mainly a Redux guy. Uh, if it's even. Oh needed. no. <laughs> Oh, well, oh, just, just kidding, I, just kidding. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, just kidding. I just love Redux, <laughs> and I started with Redux somehow, and I just love that library, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I even went through the whole, uh, you know, like the old school, the boilerplate everyone hated, where you had your separate actions and your separate reducers and all that. So, and now yeah. I know the, the whole, uh, uh, the Redux toolkit. But yeah, like exactly. the principle, the, the principle for Jotai seems it's like amazing because basically, at least for how I use Redux, is, is really all you need is like you want some sort of global state, right? Like if mm-hmm. you need lo- local state for your components, use of course the built-in use state. But as soon as you you know you want to pass state around to other components, that's where you would lean to any like state management. And and yeah, so far like it looks it looks really nice and and just how simple like. Like what Peter was saying, how how simple it is to set up. So I guess I guess the only kind of question I have would be more of like an architecture standpoint, because here, like of course, on the example homepage, you show it all. Like you could, of course, put it all in, you know, some one file with some simple components. Uh, but how would you recommend? I guess I guess you could. Are you able to define kind of like a separate? I guess I'm coming from the Redux world where like you define yeah, it in a good, separate file, but but do you have any uh, info on on how you would tackle like organization using Jota? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a that's an interesting question because I found my own taste of doing doing Jota atoms. So yeah, I would explain that in the sec- in a second. Well, first of all, just to give a shout out to Mark, the the maintainer of Redux and the Redux toolkit, like. He just changed the way we do states, to be honest. And he was the only one that everyone was saying that Redux is dead, but that man just like kept this go- kept all of the things with Redux going. So he would shout out to him. And around the architecture, 
Well, first of all, we have like a few kinds of atoms that if a user understand that properly, like it's just simple, but if they understand it at that point, will the like having an architecture based on your your own state would, would be just easy. It would be like done out of the box. Well, the way I do it, first of all, we have just like normal atoms, which you just give a value to them, like an initial or a default value to them. And we have uh, getter or readable atoms. I just forgot the name. The that those atoms they they don't do anything themselves. The, the only thing they do is just they read they read an atom state from another atom. So they they just mm-hmm. for consuming. You cannot set values to them. They just they just for reading the state. And we have another way of doing atoms, and which are just writable atoms. Writable atoms you cannot set values to them. They don't hold values to, as far as I know and remember. But with them, they're like Zustand actions or Redux actions. With those writable atoms, you, your, the, the, their job is to just change a, another atom's value. And you can specify your own way of, like, I don't know, setting the action or changing based on the value. Okay. Uh-huh, okay. But then I guess since since they all come from just your library, you could just define like, you're quite flexible to define. You could even do just like a, not not to uh, go in the kind of the giant file direction, but you could start off with just a single file. And, and Exactly, I just do that to be state. honest for, my, for mm-hmm. all of my projects. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. so the, the reason I love just one file is that I document everything there and you can just search easily. But I separate them with comments that these are writable atoms, these are uh, getter or readable atoms, and these are just normal atoms that have initial, initial I don't know, this initial space or values. That's the way I do it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I think, I mean, that's that's all I had. So I don't know, Lucas, if, if you wanted to keep steering the, the talk. Uh, in terms of actual real-world usage of Jotai, I don't have other questions. I do want to know if there are any advanced things that people aren't very aware of, but that you, as someone that has worked in the library, you're like, people should know about this, but they don't. Yeah. So so the thing that I wanted to mention about Jotai is the thing that I want to mention about Daishi, like his work on optimizing rendering and creating creating perfect, to be honest, perfect state management libraries is just phenomenal. And he knows how to handle this thing. So I wanted to say the work that is going under under the hood in Jotai to optimize re-renders is just magical. And the architecture under the hood is just it's phenomenal that I, I I learned so much from that architecture, and the the effort that's been into this is so much. It's so much, and same not just with Jotai. It's it's the same go the same goes for Zastan, the same goes for Valshu, and the uh, the state management libraries that Daishi built. So basically, in terms of re- re-rendering and optimizing renders. They're all just perfect. So 
the first thing I would use, the first thing I would use uh, as a state manager library would be Jotai because the advanced usage I would that I would use it for uh, for applications that are heavy stateful. What do, what do they call it? Or their state just changes so many times. I would use Jotai for that. Or the one of the things that powers the Jotai is the integrations around it. Like when we started, when I started contributing to Jotai, I, I we we I just started uh, contributing with just an Emer integration. Like after a few months, we've seen so many integrations in the repo that people loved building things on top of Jotai. And at some point, we just decided, oh man, we cannot just add integrations to the to our own repo and take the responsibility. So that she decided to create an uh, another organization called the Jotai JS or Jotai Labs that has so many integrations around Jotai. That Jotai Ten Stack Query, which is uh, which is uh, which is an integration around Ten Stack Query or the previous React Query. We have. I don't know, Jotai URQL, which is the URQL tool around GraphQL, which is, we have the Jotai Apollo, which I just built. And all of these like phenomenal tools and and it just powers Jotai. So there are so many things in the Jotai JS. So I just recommend people to check that out and see what they need. If, the, if it's there, or I, I also encourage them to build on top of Jotai. Because of the separation between like writable items, readable items, and the magic that you can do with with those like terminologies is just so much. You can build like pretty much anything around Jotai. Gotcha. That is interesting. Um, okay. And do you have Mohammed? Do you have anything else that you would like to mention about Jotai before we start wrapping up and talk about? Um, some of the other projects we've been working on. Yeah, so here's the thing about Jotai. It's a, it's a state management library that I would use for every React.js project I, I, I build, or soon to be, maybe I use it for every project because now we have the vanilla, vanilla export, which just like provide like abstractions and APIs to use Jotai with any other library. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what people are going to build around that API. I also recommend people to check other uh, other state management libraries by Daishi, like Zostend and Balshu, Load. Everything I just said is just my like viewpoint, like my point of view. And it's not something that represents the team, as I said. So take it easy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's let me dissect just a little bit on the last thing that you said. So you mentioned the ability of other library authors to build on top of Jotai. Yeah. Uh, can can you give me a a bit more about that? Like what uh, what is the the go with this, and what do you hope people are gonna build on top of Jotai? Yeah. So right now. Uh, with the vanilla export is uh, Jotai now provides the atomic way, the atomic design that it had for React.js, but it exports it in a way so you can use it as a state management library, not React, not only React.js state management library. 
but a state management library with subscription features, with a subscription feature that you can subscribe to, subscribe to value changes and state changes in a way that is usable with any other library. That basically usable in JavaScript, like in JavaScript itself. So you can, I don't know, you can even use it in backend if, like, if that's possible, I don't know. But the thing I'm excited about, and as far as I know, I just saw it before, like a few months ago, is that someone just built a solid integration around Jotai. Uh, so that was pretty exciting to me because if we if we provide those abstractions, then maybe at some point we can have Jotai as the state management library for any any JavaScript framework or any any project that needs tracking state changes or state management related things. So that's the thing I'm excited about: the building block that in the ver- in the second version that Jotai provides. That is indeed pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I would be very like hyped if somebody used the library that I worked on to build other frameworks on top of it. So yeah, definitely pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Like if you, uh, I, one of the things that motivates me about developer development and programming in general is just you provide a building block for for another one to build on top of that. And seeing that cool stuff being built is, is just so, it's, it's a good feeling, to be honest. And I'm kind of proud of that to be along Daishi and the Jotai team uh, in that journey. I'm not like, I'm not an active contributor anymore, though I'm, I'm a member of the team, but I learned so much from the team, from Daishi and from like other members. So yeah, I'm pretty excited and I'm pretty proud about that. Definitely. Nice, nice. Have you ever wished that you had a group of people that were just as passionate about writing code as you are? I know I did. I did that for most of my career. I'd go to the meetups. I'd try and create other opportunities. And it was just really hard, right? The meetups, I got some of that, but they were only like once or twice a month. And it was just really hard to find that group of people that I connected with and, and really wanted to you know, talk about code a lot, right? I mean, I love writing code. I think it's the best. And so I've decided to create this community and create it a, a worldwide community that we can all jump in and do it. So we're going to have two workshops every week. One of those or two of those every month are going to be Q&A calls, right? Where you can get on, you can ask me or me and another expert questions. Uh, the rest of them are going to be focused on different aspects of career or programming or things like that, right? So it'll go anywhere from like deployments and containers all the way up to managing your 401k and negotiating your benefits package. Well, we'll cover all of it, okay? And then we're also going to have meetups every month for your particular technology area. So we have shows about JavaScript, React, Angular, Vue, and so on. We're going to have meetups for all of those things. I'm going to revive the freelancer show. We'll have one about that, right? So you can get started freelancing or continue freelancing if that's where you're at. And I'm working on finding authors who can actually do weekly video tutorials on something for 10 minutes that's related, again, to those technology areas so that you can stay current, keep growing. So if you're interested, go to topendevs.com slash sign up and you can get in right now for $39. When we're done, that price is going to go up to $75. And the $39 price gets you access to two calls per week. 
the the full price at $150, which is going to be $75 over the next few weeks, that price is going to get you access to all of the calls and all of the tutorials and everything else that we put out from Top End Devs along with member pricing for our remote conferences that are coming up next year. So go check it out, topendevs.com slash sign up. So let's do a round of promos before we we wrap things up. So uh, Mohammed, generally this is a place where we just shamelessly plug the things that we're working on and that we want to uh, to bring more publicity to them. So for yeah. example, uh, I'm just going to pick Unvoid, which is a company that we were just mentioning at the beginning of the show. So they provide remote design and software development services, which is nothing new. A lot of companies do that, but they have a task-based billing system that allows their clients to only pay after the tasks are delivered and approved, which is a level of risk for them that most companies would never dare uh, to try out. And it really gives a ton of security to the client because they know that things are going to be delivered on budget and they're going to be delivered on the quality that they expect because it needs to be approved before Envoy gets paid. So uh, my promo today is just going to be Envoy. So Mohammed, what do you have in mind that you would like to promote? Perhaps some of your own content or projects that you're working on? Yeah, sure. I love that part of the podcast because I always want to like shamelessly plug my own tools and the things I work on. So the first thing I've been contributing to MillionJS, I don't think it needs any more publicity because it's already famous. So that one, like I'd like to like recommend people to check it out. Second, I'm working with Daishi also on Waku, which is the minimal RSC implementation, React Server Components implementation. That's just the new thing that I'm really excited about. And I want to see where it goes. So we're also working on that. So check it out on waku.gg and see the beautiful website, website the Candy Code team built around it. So I guess that's it. So, oh, also, I just want to say, follow my own Twitter also. That's the, that's the most shameless thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> Definitely. Um, can you send the link to your Twitter? I'm going to send in the comment section too. But yeah, so in the meantime... How about you, Peter? Okay, uh, so um, not so much really. So I actually wrote about Joker before. I think that's what I'll probably share in the chat. So because I kind of used it, yeah, more, most of the time. So I just wrote something about it. Yeah, I think I'll just share that. I think that's just from that just that's from my end. Yeah. All right. And how about you, Chris? I am again gonna post my code video project. Uh, I don't know if I have any stars or any signups, but uh, I don't really care. <laughs> That's okay. It's in super beta, but uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Basically, it should be or will be a framework where you can partially automate or even completely automate your software course creation. Uh, and maybe eventually someday, maybe any video any sort of tutorial video that you need to record. So I invite everyone to check it out. Awesome. I'd be, awesome. I'd be sure to use that tool because 
I, I'm also interesting, interested in, in like with the courses and things like that to teach people about my own learnings. Not that I know that much because I don't know nothing, but I, I'm interested in sharing what I currently know to other people. So that tool is like is pretty amazing. So thank you so much for that. By the way, for anyone who is interested in that project from Chris, you should definitely check out our latest episode, the one previous to this one, because we talked a lot about that, especially at the end of the show, because uh, coincidentally, the guest in the previous episode was also building something similar. So we ended up talking a lot about this. So if you're interested, be sure to check out the previous episode. All right. Yeah, sure. Uh, Everyone, thank you so much. Mohammed. thank you. Uh, you just said before that this was your first podcast. I hope this has been a pleasurable experience. It definitely was for us. I think you were a very easy, um, easy guest in the sense that you definitely dominate the, the knowledge and you were able to transmit that in a very easy to understand and digestible way. So I congratulate you for your didactics. It was really really good and yeah everyone thank you so much and thank you I'll so much you guys thank you in the next one